Father and our King, thank you for your presence this morning. Thank you for your ruach. Thank you that you want to dwell with us, that you want to encourage us, that you want to share something with us, Lord. We pray that your word would go forth um, to all those who hear it, O oh, oh God, to build up, to edify your body, the body of Messiah. In Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. I have never given a political sermon. I've never given a sermon that dealt with larger political issues. This is for several reasons. One is that every time I seek, I speak, sorry, I seek, let me try that sentence again. Every time I speak, I seek the Lord as to what he would have me say. And the answer has never been politics. Another reason is that this kind of talk can be polarizing and divisive. And it's my sense that our, our nation is polarized and divided enough as it is. Another reason that I don't do those type of sermons is that uh, I've been taught from the scriptures that there should be a healthy separation between the bima, that's here, and the uh, political arena. And finally, another reason is that preaching is essentially incarnational. Uh, it's, uh, I'm, not, I'm not just uh, any person standing up here. I'm, I'm me, and God has called me to speak as an individual. And I'm not naturally drawn to the world of politics, but I am drawn to words that build up the body of Messiah uh, here in our community. My heart is for us to grow in discipleship, for us to grow in our relationship with Hashem, and to have strong uh, Messianic Jewish theology. These are the things that are on my heart. So I must speak about these things uh, which are on my heart. At this moment in American history, politics has entered our consciousness, and it's entered our social media like a flood. It's almost impossible to ignore outright. But given my commitment that I mentioned earlier to not be political from the Bema, uh, what then should we talk about today? My sense is that we should talk about the proper response to these current events as disciples of Yeshua, a response that is rooted in Scripture. And as far as I understand, that response can be summed up with one word, and that is pray. So, let's start with the basics. Whom should we pray for? What does Scripture say about this? course, it offers uh, a lot of guidance in this area. There's, there's no limit to who sh whom we should pray for, but uh, this is kind of a, a foundational uh, thing. You know, we could talk about, I could stand here for hours and hours and talk about prayer and scriptures that have to deal with prayer, but uh, we probably want to get down to Oneg. So we'll start with um, 1 Timothy 2, verses 1 through 4, and this is what Rav Shaul um, the Apostle Paul, this is what he writes. 
I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, and intercession and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleasing to God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. That means that Hashem is asking us, is telling us, to pray for those who are in authority. Pray for our leaders, for, yes, the president-elect of the United States, to pray for the elders of Tikvat Israel, to pray for leaders in politics and leaders in ministry. We are called to pray for them because leadership is a daunting task. It's, it requires humility. It requires discernment. It requires guidance from God, and it requires great wisdom, and we should be praying for our leaders. Amen? We're also called to pray for our families, and by family, I mean our natural family, you know, brother, sister, mother, father, things like that, and our spiritual family here at Tikvat and, uh, you know, beyond Tikvat, I'm sure. There are many examples of prayer for others in the community of faith, and uh, there's one good one that I like. This is from Ephesians uh, 1, uh, verses 15 through 23, Um, and this is what um, Paul writes. For this reason, ever since I heard about your trust in the Lord Yeshua and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you. In my prayers, I keep asking the God of our Lord, Yeshua the Messiah, the glorious Father, to give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you will have full knowledge of him. I pray that he will give light to the eyes of your hearts so that you will understand the hope to which he has called you, what rich glories there are in the inheritance he has promised his people, and how surpassingly great is his power working in us who trust him. It works with the same mighty strength he used when he worked in the Messiah to raise him from the dead and seat him at his right hand in heaven, far above every ruler, authority, power, dominion, or any other name that could be named either in the Olam Hazeh, this world, or in the Olam Haba, the world to come. Also, he has put all things under his feet and made him head over everything for the Messianic community, which is his body, the full expression of him who fills all creation. This is a great prayer. There's lots of really great prayers that are actually already in Scripture that we can use as uh, foundations for our prayers. In addition to the, our leaders and our, uh, the community of faith, uh, our families, there are uh, two cities mentioned um, that Hashem calls us to pray for in Scripture. Does anyone know one of the cities? Jerusalem, all right? So, uh, but we're not, we're not going to start with Jerusalem because I have that second in my, in my sermon here. So what's the other city? This, which would be what? Richmond. Did you know that Richmond is actually in Scripture, that we're supposed to pray for Richmond? Yes. Well, how could I say that? Well, this is what it says in Jeremiah 29, verse 7. It says, Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. And then it says, What? 
pray. Pray to the Lord for it, for Richmond, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Now, this is a, a personally, it's a very powerful scripture to me um, because it carries with it the idea that even when Israel was in exile, think about this, they were in exile for, for disobedience, for gross um, idolatry, so much that they had to be, they couldn't even be in the land where they were supposed to be because they were affecting the world the wrong way. They were not being a light to the nations. But even then, it's a reminder of God's faithfulness and our irrevocable calling in Messiah because even then, they were still called to pray for the city where they were. They were still called to be a light to the nations even when they were in exile, even when they were down and out. And I love that. But beyond that, we're called to pray for the city where we live, in this case, Richmond, Virginia, to seek its good because the scripture says our good is related to seeking the good of where we are. And this is kind of um, gets us out of uh, being selfish. You know, we're seeking the good of our community, our, the broader community, because our good is connected to that in Scripture. Amen? Um, and then the other city, which you guys already mentioned, we're called to pray for, is Jerusalem. Psalm 122, verse 6, says this. It's a nice uh, alliteration in Hebrew. It says, Shalu, Shalom, Yerushalayim. Let's try that. Shalu, Shalom, Yerushalayim. Pray for, or uh, literally ask for, the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. And uh, I th it's my sense that um, this scripture isn't just about the city of Jerusalem, but we're called to pray for the land of Israel, and we're called to pray for the Jewish people as a whole. We can pray for Israel as a nation and the Jewish people to come to the fullness of their calling to be a light to the nations and to come to a full knowledge of Yeshua as Messiah. And there's another group specifically mentioned in Scripture that we can pray for. This is um, probably the one that gets most people excited about praying. This is in Matthew 5, verses 43 through 45. This is what it says. This is Yeshua talking. You have heard that it was said, love your enemy and hate... Oh, sorry. <laughs> that, was, that was not intentional. Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Now, so there's no limit to who we should pray for, as I said, but I wanted to highlight these scriptures as examples to pray for our spiritual family and our natural family, to pray for our leaders, to pray for, yes, our enemies, to pray for our city and the city of Jerusalem and Israel and the Jewish people. So now the question arises, how? How should we pray? We know who we should pray for, but how? I could spend uh, many sermons talking about this, but I wanted to look um, at a good foundation. Um, taking from a, a sample of Yeshua's statements about prayer, uh, this is what we can kind of uh, summarize here. Um, Yeshua says we should not pray 
in order to be seen by others. He talks about um, not uh, not babbling on um, over you know words and thinking that 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 God will hear us just because we keep talking. Um, Yeshua says that we should believe that God will give us what we ask for in prayer uh, if it aligns with his will. He talks about um, that God is a good father and he'll give us a fish if we need a fish. So we should believe and hope like a child when we pray uh, when it's aligned with what God wants. If God wants something and I want something and it's the same thing, then we should believe that he'll give it to us. Amen? We should also pray, Yeshua says that we should pray for, with persistence when the answer doesn't come right away. And he, gives, he tells a story of this widow who, uh, uh, she's kind of a persnickety old woman, and she goes up to this unrighteous judge, and he's not giving her justice, and she keeps asking, and she keeps bothering him, and she keeps kvetching, and eventually she gets what she wants. And of course, uh, our Father in heaven is not an unrighteous judge. But, um, but the, the idea is that we are to persist in prayer um, when we don't see the answer right away. Uh, uh, scripture also says we should pray with humility. And um, Yeshua talks about, the, he tells the story of a tax collector um, and, a, um, <clears throat> and a Pharisee. And the tax collector uh, approaches God with humility and he says, I'm a, an, an unclean man, Lord, have mercy on me. And the, and the uh, Pharisee is like, well, you know, I, I thank you, God, I'm not like this guy, you know, because I fast twice a week. You know, you could almost hear the, uh, hear the pride in it, okay? But we, when we pray, we pray with humility. Um, the most uh, convicting to me statement about prayer um, in the scriptures, instruction, it's also, I think, one of the shortest commandments about prayer Um, It's a very, very short verse. The entirety of verse 17 in 1 Thessalonians 5. Does anyone know what this says? Pray sometimes. Pray every other day. No, it says pray continually. Or other, uh, other translations say pray without ceasing. Well, how could we possibly do that? You know, um, well, let's think about it this way. We think about our prayer as a relationship with God, right? And he's always with us. So we could be constantly in contact with him. We could be checking in with God throughout our day, couldn't we? In in, in a sense, uh, uh, our whole lives could be a prayer to God. If we are seeking his presence continually, if we invite the Lord into whatever we're doing. And I think, I think we could all grow in this area. Of, I don't think there's anyone that's praying continually like it says. And so this is an encouragement. This is an area of growth for all of us, I think. Um, there are models for uh, Jewish prayers that can help us to do this, to remember to pray without ceasing. Um, there are uh, baruchas. Uh, when we eat, you know, we can thank the Lord. When we see a, a beautiful rainbow or something in God's creation, there's a barucha, there's a blessing for that. Uh, there's a blessing for it. There's even a blessing for the czar, apparently, as it says in Fiddler on the Roof. Um, there are blessings when we wake up, uh, traditional blessings when we sleep. 
Um, and these Jewish traditions can remind us and give us kind of templates or foundations for praying and connecting with God, just like the liturgy that we were using earlier. Beyond that, there are excellent models of prayer, as I said, in the scriptures, such as um, the Psalms. If you don't know what to pray, you can open a Psalm, and you might find one that is aligning with what you're feeling, because a lot of times they're very emotional, and, and, and the, the, psalm, the psalmist usually brings God into that emotion and says, you know, uh, everything is is lousy, and all my enemies are trying to attack me, and all this stuff is happening, and I'm, but praise God, <laughs> you know? And uh, they're, they're really useful. Uh, if you want to start with the Psalms, uh, I would recommend that. So we've talked about the who, and we've talked about the how. So the only question left is, why? Why should we pray? Well, the first reason, if I were a parent, you know, uh, th- I don't know if any of you um, have ever heard this from one of your parents, but uh, it's because I said so. Raise your hand if, you, if you've heard that from him, because I said so, all right? Um, and that's, that's one reason. It's, it's, it's a commandment. Um, the Lord says to pray, and uh, when he doesn't say directly to pray, it's implied that we will be praying, because Yeshua says, when you pray, do it like this, not if you pray, right? Um, another reason is that the, the word made flesh, the son of God, the prince of peace, the king of Israel, the Messiah, Yeshua himself prayed. And often he went by himself, he, he went uh, retreated away from the crowds to pray. That's what it says in the Gospels. So if it was necessary for Yeshua, the perfect one, to pray, then kal vachomer, how much more should we be doing it? Amen? But, you know, these reasons, because I said so and because Yeshua did, they, they don't really satisfy the deeper curiosity of why we should pray. I mean, doesn't God know all of our thoughts anyway? And can prayer really change things? Why would God need us to pray if he's omnipotent, if he's all-powerful? Well, I think here we're coming up against the divine mystery of a relationship with God. God, of course, doesn't technically need us to pray so that his will can be done. However, Scripture does imply that there are things that only happen on this earth through prayer. In some mysterious way, prayer can move the heart of God. Prayer can bring redemption and healing. Prayer can catalyze the defeat of evil and evil forces. Prayer can move mountains. Prayer can raise the dead. Prayer can make the impossible possible. So when the Talmudim are wondering why they can't cast out a particular evil spirit, Yeshua says in Mark 9, verse 29, this kind can only come out by prayer. When Abraham is interceding for Sodom and Gomorrah, and he asks that God will not destroy the cities if there are 50 righteous people there, And then he actually negotiates 
with the Lord in intercessory prayer, and he gets it down to, if there's only 10 righteous people, Lord, please do not destroy it. And God hears him, and God responds by, with a yes. How many people were healed in the book of Acts through prayer? It's, it's prayer that does that. And we're, heal, we're healed today through prayer in our congregation. It's not just a Bible story. This is the same. It's the same with us in our congregation. James 5, verses 13 through 16, it gives us this encouragement about prayer. It says, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them complain, right? (laughs) No, it says, let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the congregation to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith, do we believe this? The prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And if we are disciples of Yeshua, then we have imputed righteousness. And we are righteous because of Yeshua's righteousness. And therefore, our prayers are powerful and effective. So now that we have affirmed that prayer can bring about God's will on the earth, there's only one question that remains. What are we going to do about it? It's my sense that this is a season of prayer for our Tikvot community. Let's pray for each other. Let's pray for our leaders. Let's pray for our enemies and our families, natural and spiritual. I want to give us a charge this morning. I want to give us some homework. I want to encourage everyone, including myself, to take one, two, three opportunities in this coming week to carve out some prayer time. It could be time you normally listen to the radio on the car. Uh, maybe just turn off the radio um, as you're going to work and, and chat with God instead. You could do the dishes and talk to God. You could break out the old journal. How many of you have a have a journal, right? Men, men have a journal, I think. We don't have diaries, right? All right? But prayer journal, this is, this is very powerful. Um, uh, it's very helpful. Not only do we need to talk to God, but we also need to listen to him. God wants to tell us things. So if you have a journal, you can write it down. You can write down, you know, if, if I went to class, right, and I'm taking notes because what the teacher says, then how much more should I write down what the best teacher in the world is saying to me? Amen? Um, and so we can do that. We can write it down in our journal. We can call a brother or sister this week um, and, and pray with them over the phone. We could pray with our spouse. That's always a good idea, Right? You can pray if you're exercising, you go for a run in the cold. You can pr- I'm sure there's a lot of uh, the runners out there that are, that are praying, 
right? It's a good time because, you know, there's nothing else. It's just, it's just you, all right? So three times this week, okay? I'm going to commit to this as well. If you only get to one or two, you know, that's okay. This is not a, a mandate, but it, it's an encouragement, all right? If we don't know how to pray, we don't know what to pray, you could read some, some of the Psalms out loud. Let's, let's get out of our comfort zone a little bit, all right? And to, to approach this goal, our goal is to pray how often? Without ceasing, all right? So let's, let's inch toward that goal together as a community, amen? All right. So I want you to raise your hand if you're going to accept this challenge this week, if you're going to try to do this. All right. That's very encouraging. Look around. All right. These are the people you can call. <laughs> all right. And, uh, you know, if God gives you an answer, and, and well, I shouldn't say if, when, when God gives you an answer, uh, a revelation or breakthrough, I want to encourage you to share that, share that with someone else so that you can encourage them that we serve the living God, God who answers prayer. Amen? All right. Well, let's pray. <laughs> Avinu Malkenu, our Father and our King, we thank you for prayer, um, this awesome communication tool that we have to talk with the creator of the universe, to talk with our Father. We pray that this week would be the start of a, a season of prayer in our community, that you would um, help us to carve out time to spend with you, to be with you, to talk to you, and mostly to listen to you, O oh God, because you have good things to tell us, and you want to direct our steps, O oh God. And when we trust in you with all our heart, and we don't lean on our understanding, but when we acknowledge you in prayer, you will direct all our paths. In Yeshua's name we pray. Amen.